you're saying kill the old. You're saying I'm okay with it until you close school and then I need to get my nails done and you better not close my hair salon. That's what I heard you say, word for word. Welcome to the Aloha Friday podcast, coming from the Landsberg Law Office in the historic penthouse suite of the Executive Center in downtown Honolulu. Here we talk to the most interesting people we know, from current events to how they got to where they are to how they see the world. And now, your co-hosts of the Aloha Friday podcast, Marcus Landsberg and Naomi Cooper Christensen. Aloha, this is Marcus Landsberg, uh, and I'm here with the Aloha Friday podcast with my co-host, Naomi Cooper Christensen. How are you doing today, Naomi? I'm doing good. Good, good, good. Good to hear. So we were talking uh, before I pressed the bright red button about the new social distancing laws, uh, shelter-in-place, stay-at-home laws in the state of Hawaii, especially in Honolulu. So you were telling me you had an experience in the park just the other day. I want to dive right in. Tell me what happened to you. So I have my three kids, seven, five, and two, and I'm taking them into Kapilani Park, and there is no one there. It's just me and the ball and these three kids who have been cooped up all day. And I have no one around me. I mean, there's nobody around me, so we're definitely doing our six-foot distance deal, right? And I'm not, like, no one's coughing. I don't have... Okay. There's no, and, and this guy shows up and he's on a bike and he's got his uniform on. I don't even remember what he had. And he told me we had to leave. And I said, Oh, I'm sorry. There's no one around. I didn't realize that was going to be a problem. And he said, no, all the parks are closed and, um, it's been announced and you shouldn't be here. I said, okay, can we walk through somewhere? He says, no, you can't come through here. You need to go. But you can't walk through what? The park. I mean, I was like, Hmm. So I can't, I can't. Like, I can't touch the grass. Like, I didn't ask. I just, I just told the kids we had to go. And, and the hardest part is, right, is I'm trying to explain to them that we have to go. And they're like, it's not closed. Look, there's no walls up. And, <laughs> right? And my son's like, I don't see anything shut down. Like, there's no, there's no door. There's no, there's no accident well, here. Right? I, you're not saying it out loud. But the, the truth is, the hardest part is that you have to explain to your kids Right. That's what they're learning at that moment, that a cop will enforce a law. Oh, it doesn't go to the issue of making us safer at all. Now, if there was someone six feet away from you or three feet away from you or even 20 feet away from you, absolutely, maybe they should tell people, hey, it's time to disperse or something like that. I get that 100%. But whoever made this law, and I, and I like it otherwise, because I think it's very important right now. I'm on the side of believing COVID-19 is not imaginary. I'm on the side of believing that we do need to do very serious changes in our lifestyle and activity to save ourselves and our family. But whoever made this law does not have kids under 10 in their house. (laughs) I I would be very interested, actually, who brainstormed the way the law is in in Honolulu. And I don't know about... uh, uh, nationwide or the way it is uh, statewide. I don't know about the way it is nationwide or how it was done in California and some other places. I know in California, you could originally go to, uh, for example, uh, trails, parks, things of that nature. They cut down the nature trails because so many people went. It was just too packed. Wow. But the idea that uh, kids can't go to a park to play with their family uh, in solo type uh, play situations 
is completely out of line. And I, I get worked up over something like this. I do too. I get so frustrated because I'm like, I mean, yes, I understand that kids of course are germy and their nose are, you know, running and my I mean my son is the worst boys this is where I have my boy girl thing my girls will never just touch everything and then rub their eyes he's like hands in his pants rubbing his penis and he digs his ear then he wipes his eye he digs his nose and then he like you know puts it in his mouth to eat the booger all right after each other so I get it yes they are so dirty and they carry all these germs but they're kids and I can't just you know, I can't just tell them day after day, it, like, you know, there's, he didn't understand this disease thing, why that affects them not being able to run for 10 minutes in the park when there's, you know. And, and it's more than what you have to tell them. Physically, they have to do this. Like right. the law that we have physically represents that you can walk your dogs. And they put that in there because dogs need to be walked. But I would be fascinated to find out whoever was in the room when this law was written. One, I'd be fascinated to find out how many of those people were women. <laughs> really? Yes. Because I think I women have lived through childbirth, uh, the ones who have, uh, <laughs> and they've lived through raising young children. I don't think they would have missed this point, right? Number one. Two, I don't think anyone were uh, dads or hands-on fathers of young children. I just predict that's not the way it was because I, I think they would have done something different. Or... And then there's the second part is if you're rich enough to have a backyard, it's not a problem. Yes, exactly. But when you're, when you're in urban Honolulu and you live in apartment buildings, if you're in Waikiki, if you're on Kapiolani, uh, and then as you spread out from there, we, my family lives on a hill. So if you don't live with a cul-de-sac, if you don't live with a backyard, uh, where are we supposed to run? So we live on a hill, but we also live in a place with somebody who lives underneath us. So if my son does jungle gymming, if he does jujitsu inside the house, if he practices any of those things, uh, uh, trampolining, which we have a small trampoline, the guy downstairs gets mad and it ruins his day. And he's not allowed to leave the house. He has to sit there as my son bangs on his roof. So my heart goes out to him. I get it. Yeah. I'd be fascinated to find out if there was anybody with kids under 10, uh, in the room when the law was made, or actually if there are any women as well. Well, and then there's the other thing too. So there's this whole, there's no school now, right? Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yes, it's, it's, it makes sense. But at the same time, then I can't, you know, do anything that I would have to do for myself because I can't, I, I'm not going to ask the babysitter to come hang out if I don't trust where no, she's no. been. And you she can't have a babysitter come over. That's right, not exactly. safe. So it's like I'm stuck with them all the time, so I can't even go to um, anything, basically. Like if I need to well, do let's something. Say, let's just say you're a single mom with three kids. Let's just say, right? right? And let's say your family lives on another island or on the mainland, so they can't be here to help you out. Right. Uh, and they definitely can't uh, babysit if they're not here. And if they're a senior, do you really want them to babysit? Because who knows? Uh, if the kids really wash their hands every time they're supposed right. to, we so, want them to. I hope they do. Yeah. I'm not going to endanger the elderly. Yes. So that means when it's time for you to go shopping, you get to take all three of those kids with you. And then I'm not supposed to do that either because that's dangerous right now. So then I can't go shopping. So then I have to order delivery, which I've been doing. But then this is the catch. So 
because of this. I usually do deliver, actually. I usually do. Do you deliver. really? Do you use the. Because you're destroying I, my metaphor of what you're saying. I was getting well, all ragey. I, I was totally do. raging against the machine right now. Right. But you know, and then you like, oh, no, I get delivery. It's okay. No, I usually do. I usually do because because trying to take three kids with you who are still in diapers by yourself in Honolulu traffic, trying to fight that parking, spending half the time in the bathroom at the goddamn place because you have three kids. Yes, I just have learned to not do that. And so I've, I've utilized safe food delivery since I was, you know, recovering from my third birth. Now I can't even get in till next week. All the delivery dates are completely booked out. I, I can't. What? Yeah. So I have an app on my phone that I've used for, I mean, three years now, and I usually can order the day before. So this is what I was doing, trying to work. And this is Safeway Delivery. This is Safeway Delivery, which I would usually have the same items already stored, right? I have like a preset order. And I go into my app and there's no dates available for days. Usually I can get in the very next morning or if it's not that morning, it's the next afternoon. At the latest, it's like two days from now at the latest. And ever since um, things shut down, right, a week ago, it's I can't get in for like the entire 10 days that they allow you to even book anything. So I, right, so then I switched to Foodland. Foodland was also like three days. And it was (laughs) within the 10 minutes that I was setting up my order, um, I got pushed to the next day because they had too many orders come in within those 10 minutes. And then the lady called me today because I have the delivery coming today and she called me to apologize that half of the items that I had ordered are no longer in stock and they have to replace it with something um, either smaller. Oh, or wow. And so then I'm going through each item with her saying yes or no to the replacements or, you know, trying to describe what else I would like that's similar. Um, I mean, she said that pretty much she was, you know, they were doing that for every customer because the amount of orders that are coming in are way beyond their their normal control. So, so how are we going to fix the stay at home law? What do you suggest? We we agree. Let's say we agree that there has to be some sort of stay at home shelter in place right now, right? Are we on the same page, me and you? I mean, yes, I do because. Or you think it's still a hoax? No, I don't think it's a hoax. I never okay. thought it was a hoax, but I mean, I do. You think, think it's a flu? No. I just think that there's only so much you can do to stop nature. I mean, nature's going to come. And when it's something this big, I feel like there's only so much we can do to stop it. And the rest of it is you have to just decide to adapt and continue. So you're saying kill the old. Oh, I don't know if I'm saying kill the old. You're saying kill the old. You're saying I'm okay with it until you close school. And then I need to get my nails done and you better not close Oh, my hair shit, no, I am not. I am not the nails. In That's what I heard you say. Word for I'm word. From, I'm from haiku, dude. Like when I got here. Okay, <laughs> no, 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 no. You cannot be. You cannot be on my ass about nails and hair just because I look good on the most days you see. Oh, snaps. No, just because I look good. No, I'm saying that people assume. They're like, hey, you know, you look like this all the time, but they don't see me when I'm at home and they just they don't see me when when I was growing up. No, I'm from I'm from Boonie Land. I'm from like three thousand okay. people in the middle of the country with cows Which is why it's so important to you now. Pastors. But that's okay. That's okay. I, I don't want to no. get distracted with that. How I do you fix the law? How do you make it or but how do you make it so it's something that's uh, both reasonable and no. doable? 
You, I think it's going to have to change from what it's been to communities. I think it's going to have to start becoming where kind of what you saw in Europe. I mean, I don't know. I don't know about you, but when I've traveled international, there's always these little segments of communities that have like a, a neighborhood block store. Right. And it's it, every neighborhood had their it's own, like a bodega kind of because they take their they take their neighborhood seriously. And I think we've lost that. And I think that's what's going to have to come back is this little, you know, each each neighborhood by physical location is going to have to start becoming more uh, accountable to each other. And if so, we're not allowed to travel as much and, and contact as much, then your neighbor to neighbor is going to be your most important support system. So I'm shaking my head because I think that is, while okay. ideal, completely not going to happen. The opposite is going to happen. It might the opposite might happen, but what I think what is happen. going to happen is yes. uh, small businesses aren't going to be able to survive. Mm-hmm. They're just not, and they're because not. they're not going to be able to survive, the businesses that are going to be able to outlast this are going to be big box stores, Walmart's, Sam's True. Club, Costco's, Best Buy's. But that was not what you asked me. You asked me what I think. No, I said, right? Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Right. What I meant is, how do you change the law? I don't know if you can change the law. I think it's just going to be people are going to start doing what they think is right. And I think that's, that's what's going to happen. I think people are not going to be doing necessarily what the law says. They're going to do what is convenient and what works for them. Well, what do you think about the fact that the Honolulu Police Department gave 70-something tickets in one day for breaking this stay-at-home law? I think that's very sad. I also think think that they're getting a lot of pressure because, you know, some of the friends I've had that's in the department, they feel pressured, like they have to come up with a quota, right? So, um, and also they want to keep their job. They want to keep their job too. So I think it's just going to be... Well, both of those are probably the worst possible reason to write a ticket, right? It is the worst reason to write a ticket, but I mean, that's... You should write a ticket because that's what you need to do to help keep society safer, and that's the one tool you have. You have have basically three tools as a cop, right? You have a ticket book. Well, you have four, right? You have a warning, you have a ticket book, you have the arrest, and you have a gun. Like, it's those are your four tools in how you keep working. I I argue with that because I've had a lot of cops that have been so sincere and so kind and it's just their ability to assess the situation and they don't have to pull out any of their tools. They just have to have the conversation correctly. Well, isn't that what what I mean by warning? I mean, that's exactly what I'm saying. What they did is they have a conversation with you. That's what the warning is. It's you're doing the wrong thing. Let's talk about this. And this is what you should be doing right in the future. That's what I I think that's where they're lacking. I think what has to happen, how you're going to make these laws better or how you're going to fix the laws is I think people are going to have to start speaking in a way that is not so intimidating and not so segregating. People are going to have to start speaking in a way that is going to, um, you know, soothe and be inviting and be convincing. And that's what the cops are going to do. Police? Everybody. Because, okay, so if if a cop is going to tell me nicely, hey, I'm sorry, I understand that, you know, you have children and they need to run. Um, In a few minutes, you do need to, you know, wind them down and take them out. And, you know, I understand that right now in the middle of their heat, how about you just give them a few more minutes and then you guys get out of here? I would re- be so much more 
um, willing and and you know happy to respect that order or that request than I would if someone. A hundred percent. No, I agree right? with that. hundred percent. So I think that's where that's how you're going to enforce laws. That's how you're going to change laws. That's how you're going to get people to to cooperate. So I really don't like the idea that we depend on police to change the law. Like I I, I just when we talk about how police enforce it is changing the law to me. I generally don't like that because it that ends up making the police officer both the legislature and the judge, and I think that's too much weight to put on a police officer on what they should do. And the other thing is, it tells the citizen you don't really know what's going to happen because they have all this power. You don't know how you should respond to what they're going to do because you don't know what's actually illegal, right? Because maybe he'll let you stay, mm-hmm. maybe he won't. Yes, uh, I think what we have to do is make sure it's a explicit in a law so the police have a directive on what they're supposed to do and you can't really blame the police for doing something if they don't have a clear directive that's always been my policy people think uh, i'm a defense attorney that wouldn't be my policy but that is that's completely i don't blame police for everything i blame generally the orders they've been given excuse me as far as what the problem is i think what we have to do is amend this to say you can go to places like parks you can go to places like especially larger parks or small community oh, yes. parks yes. if you maintain a 12 foot social distance, but you should be allowed to play uh, mm-hmm. solo sports. You should be allowed or, to fly a kite for the idea that you can't fly yes. a kite, which is the most solo thing in the world. I know. Uh, so then, so then I'm, left with, I'm left with parking lots because so my kids end up riding their bikes, you know, in the parking lot while I'm standing there trying to make sure that there's no cars coming in because I can't take them to the park across the street and I don't have a backyard. And that's the type of thing that the only people who think of are, that's when I say, I don't think there were women in the room when this law was made. Exactly. Well, I'm not. So I appreciate that. your time. Yeah. I appreciate your time very much, uh, Ms. Cooper Christensen. Thank you for helping solve, not just point out problems, but helping solve problems and lifting Honolulu to the next level up. Because that's our mission here on the Aloha Friday podcast. It's not all fun. It's not all relaxed. It's not all the wine hour where we're just going to be chilling out, having a good time. Although hopefully that comes back too at some point. But it's also making our community a better place. Because the one thing I would say that you said is that for us to be successful, we need to have our community come back. And I think that's actually, we're going to see more of that when people realize how much they missed it during this time when we're all holed up. So thank you very much for uh, talking to me. Of course. Thank you for having me.